in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And let me tell you something. For those of you in our studio audience, for those of you listening remotely, you are in for a treat. Uh, first of all, it's it's a night of firsts. It's a uh, it's the first time they were interviewing two people at once. Number one, uh, and, and these people also it doesn't matter, you know, if it's both of them or if one of them were on. They hold the record for longest time being married on the No Outlet podcast. Uh, they are two of my favorite people. They just celebrated 53 years of being married. They're happy. They're fun. They're smart. They know how to have a good time. They have raised an absolutely amazing family and are part of a, an amazing family. Uh, and they're amazing people who have been so welcoming to me. So please help me welcome to the No Outlet podcast, Mr. and Mrs. Paul and Jean Lamoureux. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Great. Excellent. Good to hear. So we're going to play a game called 20 Questions. And as you could probably guess, it always starts in the same place. And that's with question number one. Question number one. Do you believe that aliens have visited our planet? No. No. Wow. <clears throat> that was a quick and resounding double no. Not even. There's no chance they've been here. No. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. That means, folks, we're talking to two aliens. Okay. <clears throat> Does here, Here's the next question. There's a, there's a saying, and it goes like this. Uh, beer before liquor, never sicker. Liquor before beer, have no fear. So with that, does the saying liquor before beer, have no fear, does that have any basis in fact Yes. Okay. Can you, uh, would you mind uh, expanding on that answer? Because I think that's important information for people to, to have and to, and to use. No. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Um, I'll take that. All right. Now, here's an open-ended question that, that will require more than a one-word answer. So we're just getting warmed up here. Okay. okay, so you you are both uh, lifelong New England uh, residents, um, and you've lived in Sudbury for a very long time. What made you want to first um, settle in and, and, and raise a family in Sudbury? Well, it's interesting. We actually moved to Sudbury because I worked in a town west of Sudbury, and Jeannie worked in the town east of Sudbury. Okay. And it, so it just actually became a very convenient location. And at the time when we moved in, it was um, farm country. It wasn't built up. Yeah. It was a very small community. And it was wonderful. And it still is. Yeah. I was going to say it still is wonderful. And clearly there's more houses now than there were then. But I think they've done it. Whoever's in charge of the zoning, um, I think, deserves a medal. Because there are many towns that have gone through that same type of growth pattern and look, you know, totally different and, and almost unrecognizable. Whereas I, I still drive through Sudbury and I feel like, wow, this feels like, you know, it feels like an old town with, you know, not a lot of buildup. So it, feel, it still feels nice there. Yes, absolutely. And they have uh, 
made a concerted effort to keep the town in in the shape that it's in. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and and Gene, feel free to play fact checker. If anything that he says is just completely off base, you jump right in and, and, and give him hell and let's correct it for our listening audience, okay? Okay. Okay. That's why our that's why our marriage has stayed together so long. Well, you know, I, that that's good to hear and, and uh you know, <clears throat> since you just <clears throat> Pardon me. Since you just mentioned that, um, I'm going to skip it. Does that lead you into another question? Yes. Well, I'm actually going to skip ahead because it, it's it's now topical. So I'm going to ask you this question now. What is the secret to staying married for so long and still having a genuine smile on your face? It's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, He's smiling. He's smiling. I think that's perfect. <laughs> I am not going to ask for anything more than that. If you guys are both happy with that answer and you're smiling, then that's the well, answer. You know, we, we can elaborate on anything, but uh, in, in all seriousness, besides it being cheaper, is um, <laughs> actually a little antidote, a little oh. don't notice there in this talk. My wife thought it was 54 years. Oh, is, is that? been married, and I, and I had a corrector and said 53, and she nicely said to me, certainly feels like 54. <laughs> it sounds like you kind of walked into that one, Paul. I know, I know. <laughs> God, not easy. It's not easy, that's for sure. So, no, but I think truly respecting one another and being nice to one another. Oh, God, he's getting happen. serious. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I made a note of that. Uh, I appreciate that that extra answer, Paul. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Now, uh, you folks, like I mentioned earlier, you, you've raised an amazing family. They're all doing very well, healthy, happy. You know, much in the same you know spirit that you guys live life. Was the plan to always was, was it always to have three kids? And do you ever wish you had less than three? He never planned anything. <laughs> <laughs> and like like our grandson Matthews tells us, we had sex three times. That's right. Well, hey, he, he can add, which is good. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but I think as Jimmy said, we never planned anything. It just happened, and we were delighted with what happened. That's great. Well, you know, it's and I'll tell you what, that not planning is something that uh, happens less and less nowadays. You know, with people that are trying to start a family, it's like we have to make sure we have this kid first and that, and then you can check the gender beforehand and a lot more planning now than it used to be, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. We did none of that. And the first time, when the first baby that was born was Todd, mm -hmm. and... Um, Paul wasn't even allowed into the hospital at that time. Oh my the second God. baby that was born was Nicole, and he was allowed into the waiting room and not into the um, delivery room. Delivery room. Oh and the third goodness. child, Andrea, he was allowed to be in the delivery room, right? Oh no. Yeah, no, right. in the waiting room. No, in the delivery room. In the delivery room. And he chose not to do that. Oh. <laughs> no. Paul, that ended up in a different place than I thought it was going to. Were you in the delivery room? 
were? You I were? Was. Yes, I that was, was you? That was me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that was somebody else. No, I can distinctly remember saying to you to breathe, breathe. Oh, that's right. That's right. And you said, shut up. <laughs> Oh, that is just Stop perfect. talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. And, and thank you for clarifying. And uh, it's amazing how how things change from, from first kid to, to third kid. And, you know, That's in, right. in addition to, to children, you probably also have had. We did oh, have dogs. Okay, there you go. I was going to say you've had family pets. So of all the family pets that you've had, um over the course of raising your family, which one was your least favorite? Least favorite. Least oh. favorite. Wait a minute. A, uh, least, least favorite, favorite pet. Pet. Oh, all right. Yeah. We're going to get to that one in a, in a little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. We only had one pet. We loved our dog and we, oh, our cats. We loved our cat. We had, oh, this we had two cats. Uh, when we first got married, Hummer and Strummer, and they were... Um, Hummer and were Strummer? Like, Hummer and Strummer. <laughs> okay. I love, I love had, the names. They had, they had 17 children together. <laughs> we had to take them to a cat house. Yeah, we did. We had to take them to a cat house because we couldn't handle 17 cats I in our little tiny house. can't imagine why anyone would want to have to handle 17 cats in any size house. That's well, the, amazing. Hummer and, Strummer, Hummer and Strummer just kept going at it, and they kept having these litters every two months. It was <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you, you just can't stop Hummer and Strummer. You just can't no, stop them. We tried. You, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so this is a this is a very this is probably I would say the very first difficult question. Okay, so two of the following three things have to go away forever. You'll never see two of these three things again. So one one stays around, <clears throat> and the three things are wine of all varieties, beer of all varieties, or hard alcohol of all varieties. Two of those things have to go away. One sticks around. And you guys have to only pick one. So it's not like Gene can say, oh, I want this, and Paul can say, I want that. It's got to be the same answer. I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) He can choose. Okay. I think that means I'm sticking around. Oh, it does. Okay. (laughs) Okay, let's, no, we'll be serious. Um, Wine can stay. Yeah. Now, Paul, do you agree with that? Yes, I do. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. I think at the end of the no, day... He, no, it's not a no-brainer. He's just a whiner. <laughs> <laughs> I stand corrected. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a no-brainer. You're just a whiner. I like that, right. too. You, you think this marriage has been easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so here's a question specifically for Gene. So, Gene, you just recently uh, retired. You were in nutrition, the nutrition field. And and I guess from the time that you – and you were in the nutrition field for, I want to say, if I get this wrong, over 25 years, right, or close to 25 years? 
33. Okay, so in those 33 years from the from the year number one to the last year, what was the biggest difference in that, in how nutrition was viewed and, and you know, obviously in how it was then given to a patient to use compared to the, the, the way it is now? Oh, God, I put them all on the keto diet. <laughs> That's what you would have done? No, I will do it today. <laughs> okay. And, and the keto diet was obviously not even a thought back 33 years ago. Only for children that had epilepsy. <laughs> is that, wait a minute, is that right? That's correct. That is 1929, it was developed for children that had epilepsy. Holy moly, I did not know I that. know. So all these people that are doing keto diets, I just hope they don't have epilepsy. And I think if they do it, they might end up with it. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Wow. Well, that, see, see, this is an educational show. I, I, I did not know that. I, I see people in my audience here that are just shaking their head. They can't believe they just learned that, too. So that, yeah, they, the key, they the key, probably can't. The key. And they're probably saying, and she's a dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> hey. They, they can say whatever they want. I, I know what's going on. All right. <clears throat> here's here's a, a, a philosophical question for you. Do the ends justify the means? Is this still to me or is this to Paul? This is to, this is to both. This is a team play. Do the ends justify the means? No. No. I think it's a journey. Okay. I like I, that answer. Well, wait a minute. Give me a shot at it. Yep. <laughs> that um, I think there are times the ends do justify the means. Okay. And sometimes it depends on which end you're on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, and I, I will that that's kind of you guys got to keep half of the answer that I get from everybody, which is ultimately most people boil it down and say in a in a general sense. No, the ends don't justify the means. And to use Gene's, you know, term, it's a lot of it is the journey. However, there there are certain very specific situations that it's hard for people to imagine not having the ends justify the means. But they're such they're so hypothetical and they're so outlandish and they're just not based in reality that most people end up coming back to the first answer, which is no, they, they don't. So that seems to be a universal answer so far. All right. <clears throat> so that's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So in the last 40 years, right, um, there have been a lot of changes in technology. What's available to us, everything from, you know, 40 years ago, there, there wasn't a DVR box. There wasn't any cable TV um, to now, you know, you can watch TV of any variety or any movie you want on your phone when you're flying at 35,000 feet. I mean, the, the list of technology, uh, technology innovations that have happened in the last 40 years is mind-boggling. Um, but in a general sense, do you, would you say that the advancements in technology over that period of time have done more to help or to harm our society? Well, can it go both ways? I think, yeah, it's a combination of both, I think. Yep. I think without... Without the technological advances that would have been made, um, we would we would be in the dark ages still. But I think that um, we have also 
I think it happens with everything. We abuse everything we get. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, for the time that uh, it was being developed and everybody was enthusiastic about various breakthroughs and so on, that was exciting. And then, unfortunately, it either becomes such a um, demand for your attention that you're losing, a, you're losing sight of a lot of the wonderful things that are going on in the world because you're blinded by all of this technology and getting um, sort of sucked into it. Yep. Yeah, so I'm thinking high-tech, low-touch. I think, you know, people are not connected as much as they used to be, and because of all of the technology, they're not um, getting the personal relationships with people so much because they're always on their phone or they're on the computer or whatever. So I think high-tech means low-touch, yeah. and I think we need more, more touch. <laughs> More touch, more Hummer and Strummer. Bring them back. More Hummer and Strummer, right. <laughs> okay, um, so... You are, you are good. That's great to bring all that stuff back in. <laughs> oh, well, you, you're giving me good material to work with here. Um, all right, so there, there are a number of people out there in our society that are very safety conscious and are always looking to protect you know, the people that they love, and, and, I, and I think that's a great skill to have. My specific question is, why does Bombay Sapphire Gin um, get a bad rap from some of these uh, safety enthusiasts? You mean, are you talking about Safety Sue? Well, I mean, Safety Sue is certainly on the list of people that is worried about the intake of Bombay Sapphire, but I'd have to say she's probably not alone. Well, I, I think I have probably given a good reason to feel that way. Okay. I think that um, <clears throat> if you're influenced by alcohol and if it's Bombay Sapphire um, and it's not something that is a pleasure for your your fellow mankind to enjoy with you, with uh, you acting very bizarre or <laughs> being absolutely, oh, I can't use that word. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you can use any word. Can I use any word? You can use any word. Oh, absolutely south. Yep, okay, sure. And then it's embarrassing. And it's embarrassing for you as the individual, but embarrassing for the people that are around you that really love you and care about you. Yep. Yeah, that's, you know what, everybody's been there, and I think that's, that's the right answer. Uh, it comes down to a place of uh, care, right? Caring about the other person, so that's why. All right. Good answer. Okay, so let's say you guys are driving down the highway, right? <clears throat> and uh, you see a boat, a boat's being towed. And, yep. you know, and you're behind it, so you can see the name of the boat. Now, let's say you saw a boat on the highway, and it was called, the name was The Brash One. Now, what might you conclude about the owner of that boat? <laughs> uh, he lost the presidency. <laughs> Uh, he didn't get voted back in. Okay. <laughs> I would say that that person that uh, owns that boat is very sophisticated. Okay. And uh, one who really wants to show people that he doesn't want to share the water with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So 
you have to realize that when he bought that boat for three thousand dollars yep. thirty-two years ago, it's not a good idea to change. And, and it came as the brash one. It's not. You don't change the name of a boat because it's bad luck. That's bad luck. That's right. I've heard that. Right. Yep. So that's why it was still. It still is the the brash one because we don't want any bad luck out there on the water. Not only do you not want bad luck on the water, but I got to tell you, imagine if you had changed it to some, you know, boring vanilla name, you wouldn't have all these years of laughing about the name of your boat being the brash one. I mean, to me, that's <laughs> part of the fun of having that boat is having the name that you're stuck with that you might not have picked. People always said to me, how come you named it the brash one? I said, I didn't. <laughs> Did not. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's a question specifically for Paul. So, Paul, um, uh, our, our audience might not realize this, but you have been uh, in and around uh, an, an education uh, as an educator for, for many, many years, recently retired. But part of what you were doing in there, you, you taught uh, and you still continue to teach sixth graders ballroom dancing but really it's about etiquette manners there is obviously some dancing that you're learning but there's a lot more to it that you're teaching um and you've been doing that for geez i want to say that's been happening for at least is that 38 years is that right since he was 16. good lord so and he's 79. okay so there's there's the math i'm not there's the math (laughs) I'm gonna let people. I'm gonna let people do that math on their own. So the question I have for you is, um, how many sixth graders have you taught an estimate in that period of time? Oh my God! Oh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, thousands. Uh, God, <laughs> thousands. That's right. Twenty or thirty thousand. That to me, I think that is just such a remarkable feat to be influencing that many kids in that way. Um, I, I think that I've told you a story before, but I was up in a very remote part of, well, I guess it's not that remote, past Booth Bay Harbor, and we're hanging out with some friends, and uh, Nicole was with me, and, and we were talking, and sure enough, you know, the my, my friend's wife had taken uh, a class in Southborough from you. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Yeah, and that's not the only time it's happened. There have been a number of times where it's like, didn't, didn't your dad teach ballroom? So it, it's just an amazing, uh, it's an amazing gift that you've been able to uh, be a part of those people's lives and, and, and show them something, uh, you know, that I think is, is, is fairly, um, it, I think it's lacking. I'm going to say it's lacking in general, you know, just how to be a polite person, how to have proper etiquette manners. And you think about it, there's... <clears throat> There's really no better way to to teach that than in an environment like the one that you're teaching. Um, and, and I so, agree with you. So as a follow-up question to that, from the very first time you started doing it uh, when you were 16 to the last time, you obviously it's on a little bit of a hiatus right now because of COVID, but the last time you did it, what's the biggest change that you've noticed in sixth graders' personality, their demeanor, overall from when you started to the last time you did it? Well, just recently, the biggest change has been you can't dance with your partner if you're six feet apart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a big change. Yeah. Yep, that was one of the biggies. Yep. 
Um, you know what? I think that even back in the 60s and now in the 2020s, that students at that age, sixth grade, seventh grade, they still have the same need to be loved, to be cared for, to want to be someone special. Yep. And they really want to know how to do that without making a fool of themselves. And often, just because they don't know the right thing to do at the right time, they don't do anything. And then they think, about it later. they think about it later and they say, gosh, I wish I said this or that. And when I used to say to all of the students, my, my goal was to help all of the students to be socially self-confident. Yeah. And that, uh, and I would say to them, all you need to do is know what is the right thing to do at the right time. And pretty soon, you know, uh, the kids would say to me, when I first said to them, you know, well, you need to say, may I have this dance, for instance. Mm-hmm. And they looked at me and they say, may I have this dance? <laughs> and I would say, yeah. And then later, as we continued in the process, I could say, you know, would you like to dance or whatever? But they got the point of you politely ask someone to dance. And right. you also need to know how to politely accept that invitation. You don't say no. You don't say, yeah, yeah, if I have to. You just, you know, you have to learn how to just be able to be comfortable enough to say the right thing. And pretty soon they do. Yeah. And it was just, I, I just loved doing what I did or do and seeing the growth of those kids when they became more confident. And also when I had people who came back and they insisted that their grandkids came to my class because they had been in my class. Right. Yeah. That, but they also, they also said, I think I took dancing class with your father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think, you know, I, I remember taking a dancing class with a Lamoureux. I think it was your father. That's right. <laughs> it's true. Because now he has grandchildren, which is, yeah, is amazing. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I know. It's amazing. It is amazing. Okay, is so this one last final ballroom dancing question? And uh, so I know all three of your, uh, your children actually took ballroom dancing from you as part of being a sixth grader in, in Sudbury. Um, who was the best student and who was the worst student? Of our three children? Uh, of your three children, that's correct. About, oh, as far as dancing class? That's right, yes. <laughs> well, me... it's raining men, hallelujah, <laughs> raining men. <laughs> who is that? Oh, I... That, I... Was, that was Todd, I think. <laughs> it's a great question Um, it's also interesting to think about (laughs) not only our three kids but it was the group of kids they were with at that time in school okay because every year that I ever taught any any group of children there was always a different feeling with each class and so um And at the time, I taught six, when our kids went through it, I taught sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So the kids had the opportunity to be with me for three years. Mm -hmm. And 
Todd lucked out because he only had to go when he was in the eighth grade, because that's when I started <laughs> in Sudbury. And so his class was, they were really good. Um, Nicole's class was very social, as you can well imagine. That's not a surprise. Yeah. No. And um, in Andrea's class, they were very caring about one another. Hmm. And yet they weren't as social as Nicole's class. Interesting. Yeah. So to say which one was the best? Ah, I don't know, because I think all of them enjoy dancing, which is all I really care about. Yep. And they all are socially confident, and they really present themselves well. And one of the real pluses has been that Nicole has been able to help me and assist me as an assistant teacher in some of the bigger classes that I have. Yeah. And it's interesting that she does that with me in Sudbury, and... I keep wondering who's the more important teacher because when the kids come through the door, no one comes over and says, Hey, Mr. Lamoureux. They go over and say, where's Nicole? <laughs> <laughs> she lights hey, up a room. Lamb. Where's Lamb? Where's yeah. Miss Lamb? Right. <laughs> so anyway, to answer your question, I, I don't think any one of them is better than the other at the moment. Well, you know, so maybe if they, maybe if they mature, they'll be cool, become, <laughs> That, spectacular dancers that that's asking a lot um you know <laughs> and i i think you know you obviously were a very successful educator but if you wanted to i think you with an answer like that you could have gone to politics because i feel like you <laughs> i feel like you answered the question but you really didn't but i like it yeah he, he he bridges a lot of questions <laughs> yeah it's it's a skill. That's another, that's another reason the marriage has lasted. <laughs> that's, that's right. Okay, so here's... I always a, say, oh. you, remember, you remember, I always say, was that your first answer? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's, here's a couple of questions for both of you. So. Okay, are we helping you with this? Oh, absolutely. We're really enjoying this interview. Well, the, okay, the, excellent. so what's the next question? That makes three of us. All right, so the next, the next question is this. Um, what is the best concert that you two have seen together? Oh, wow. Best concert. Best concert. We don't go to concerts. So we don't go to concerts. Best, oh, best concert? I, what I'm, do you think? And you go back to even, even a million years ago. Oh, a million years ago? <laughs> well, oh. you know. Yeah. Wayne Newton. Oh, oh. Wayne Newton <laughs> in Boston, maybe. That sounds fun. That sounds like fun. But the most fun I think we had was Jersey Boys in Las Vegas. Yep, that's true. Oh, that's an incredible show. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. And when when Wayne Newton was playing in Boston, I thought I was going to be the guy for Jeannie and her friend Kathy. We were there with another couple, and mm-hmm. Wayne Newton was walking off the stage and coming up the stairs, and I said to Wayne, how about a picture with my, my girlfriend and her friend? And he says, yeah, hurry up, make it fast. <laughs> Charmer. He was, yeah, we were 20, he was like 18, and we were 23. Wow. 
Oh, and I have my picture of him with Wayne Newton. If you ever want to see it, I've got it. I would love to see that. That's awesome. Oh, it's a fabulous picture. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, but I would think um, that was, that's, I can't think, we didn't go to a lot of concerts, so I would say that. I wish I'd gone to Elvis Presley, but we never did. (laughs) Now, you guys did go see uh, Melissa Manchester in Canada, didn't you? That sounds like a fun show. Uh, that was Nicole's favorite, not ours. Okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Well, that was also to keep a happy marriage and a happy family. That's right. Well, that was Melissa Manchester. That was in Canada. That was we were trying to entertain our children. I see. Okay, well that's good. See, I I did not know that, and now I do. So see, again, we're learning. We're learning stuff. Okay. <clears throat> Now, um, who out of out of the two of you, who would you say was a more strict and tougher disciplinarian to the children? Like, who was the one that really brought the hammer down, and the kids were like, "Oh shit, I'm I'm more afraid of either mom or dad." Who who is the tougher? Who was the bad cop in in the parenting team? Well, if you could see us right now, we're both pointing to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I don't. I don't. Oh boy, I don't know. I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I don't think we did a bad cop thing. I think we did consistency. Okay. So that um, if someone you know fell off the uh, (laughs) trail, we just sort of brought them back in again and said, "Don't screw up again." Yep. Yep. And we continue to do that. I think that. I think Jeannie was actually uh, probably more consistent and I, I use the word stable than I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I used to come home and I'm dealing with kids at school that are committing suicide and oh, gee, he says to Lord. me, do you know that she didn't take her lunch to school today? <laughs> I said, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not the biggest of your problems, right? Oh, so, my God. Uh, okay, well, so then it sounds like you guys were team team parenting. Nobody was the tough guy. Nobody was the nice guy. And I think that's probably the, uh, for the health of the marriage, really, probably the best the best path to take. That way nobody feels like they've got to be the, you know, the one that's always putting the clamp down. Well, I think at times we were both of those things that sometimes I was the bad cop, sometimes he was the bad cop, sometimes, so. Right. So, but we understood where it was coming from all the time. Sure. But I also think that the lack of consistency sets the kids up, too. Because, you know, they're going to go to the one that's going to cave all the time. Right. And, and you don't want that. And you don't want to play that game because... You are setting your kids up for failure, as far as I'm concerned, and it's setting up your relationship with your spouse to be um, challenging all the time. Right. You know, if you end up with a conflict, you talk it out. You figure it out, right. Right. And if you you can't figure it out, well, now you stay, because it's cheaper. Cheaper to keep (laughs) it. 
<laughs> You've always got that as a baseline, right? So it's always there. <laughs> okay. Now, here's a question. Um, does it make does it make you sad that one of your children has never seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life? Does it make me sad? Yes, does it make you sad? <laughs> it doesn't make me sad, no. Okay. It makes me wonder why, because it's on every Christmas. It's like, <laughs> how can you not see it? <laughs> it makes me wonder why, too. Paul, you... Yeah, it's like, it's out every single Christmas. Come on. <laughs> I agree with you. Jimmy Stewart. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> How about To Kill a Mockingbird? Has she seen that? Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> well, that, I would be sad if she hasn't seen that. Okay, there you go. That's a fabulous movie. Fabulous. I agree. <laughs> What actually, and that movie, I mean, obviously it's a very famous book as well, but I feel like that movie was one of the better representations of, of a written story, um, that was turned into a movie. You know, it felt like they didn't really, nowadays, if you take a story and you turn it into a movie, it's like 30% of it's different by the time it gets to be a movie. Right. Um, right. and, right. and that, and that one seemed to stay true to the story, which yeah, know, was nice. Well, that's true. Well, yeah. Harper Lee, who wrote the book, she was there when they did the movie, and she made sure that that was very authentic. Good for her. It worked. Yeah, good for her. It's right. Okay, yeah. so here's a question just for Jean. Um, oh, so, boy. So, again, Jean, you've been, you're, you're, you were a nutrition expert for a long time. Um, you know, I understand that growing up there weren't a lot of, you, you guys didn't go out to get takeout or, or drive through food. It was always home-cooked meals and um, and so you were kind of way ahead of the, the health craze that is around today. Um, but it, but everybody's got their vices, right? So for you specifically, what is your Mount Rushmore of food or drink vices? So it could be anything. It could be chocolate chips. It oh, could be potatoes, potatoes, any, in any form, okay. mashed, baked, boiled, whipped, chipped. Fries, any kind of potatoes. Chipped. I like that one. Okay. Potato chips, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I'm with you. I that would be my one thing that I really need to control myself with and just limit my intake because I I I could eat potato chips every day or French fries every day in my life. Oh. But I don't. Yeah, because I know that's not good for me. <clears throat> that's right. Is there a better potato chip than Lay's original potato chip? Oh God, Lay's are the worst. What? <laughs> okay. You with cake cod. Really? Something the the ingredients should say potatoes, some kind of oil and salt. That's it. Okay, and that's what it says on Cape Cod. That is a good potato chip. That is excellent to know. I uh, I always. <laughs> I, you don't want something that's got 25 different ingredients and artificial colors, artificial flavors, whatever, like Pringles and all that stuff. Not good processed food, even though chips are a processed food, but still, yep. the less processing, the better. Agree. Okay, so I'm picturing a Mount Rushmore with, with four different, like a bag of, of chips, um, a thing of French fries, a thing of au gratin potatoes, 
and then maybe some mashed potatoes. Uh, so that's the Mount Rushmore of ices. I like that. That's good. Okay. Uh, question for both of you. Um, what is the one piece of advice that you would give to anybody who has just gotten married or just about to get married? Shut up and smile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I got to tell you, that's not bad advice. <laughs> that's not bad advice. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that is great. Okay. Now. Uh, no, no, that's enough. I think I think that's, that's a, a home run of an answer right there. Doesn't get any better than that. Okay, now, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being bad, 10 being great, um, how good of an idea is it to bring three young children to Tijuana for a field trip? Well, we, uh, for us, it was a 10. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they didn't drink the water, they were fine. Oh. There were more life lessons taught in that one little trip than we could ever do in our life. Yeah. Um, you got to remind me, what was the name? No, and I'm, I'm all for traveling, uh, especially traveling at a young age internationally. You, you do learn. <laughs> you learn stuff that you would never learn any other way. There's, there's no doubt about that. Well, no, nobody got their ankles shot off, so that was good. That is, ve that is very good. Yep, that's and a win. You've never traveled with, you've never traveled with us. <laughs> that's true so paul remind me there's still, there's still time <laughs> that there is still time absolutely um paul remind me of the name of that drink that you had just heard um heard about and and you asked the bartender i think you weren't you were not in tj you were in california but you you were trying to be so cool and you asked the bartender about this one drink and they were like i don't know what the hell that is remember yeah, it was we were at Aliotos in San Francisco. Right. Okay. And I was sitting there with three... No. No, we were sitting kids. in the waiting area for our table. Yep. And we had these little kids, and we were all having uh, Shirley Temples, and I had scotch. <laughs> and this guy said to me beside me with his girlfriend or wife, he said, you ought to try a pussy warmer. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not that. It was a leg spreader. Oh, then it became a pussy warmer. <laughs> Yeah. After he said to the guy sitting there, he says, "What do you drink? What is that drink?" And the guy said, "Oh, it's a leg spreader." Oh, really? Okay. Bartender, I'll have one of those. <laughs> the guy said, "I'll buy you one of those." Oh, I that's said, right. He said, you. "I'll buy you one of those." So he said, "How do you like it?" I said, "I loved it." And he said, "So how about a, a pushing warmer?" I said, "Oh, okay. We'll do that next." <laughs> I was so international, I came back, and we were up in New Hampshire at a restaurant, and I said, I'll have a leg spreader. Leg spreader. <laughs> and so I told them how to make it, and so on and so forth. And the guy, they just, it blew their minds, and they're saying, holy cripes. And so what are they We don't do, do this in New Hampshire. Right. <laughs> so what they did, because it had, it had to be warm. Of course. <laughs> so I can avow to that. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, so what they did was they 
That's a one and done. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Love it. Yeah. Oh, my oh. goodness. That's the best. Okay. Um, now, is there any truth to the rumor <laughs> no. that Steve... <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good place to start. Um is there any truth to the rumor that Steven Tyler from Aerosmith baptized all of your children? No, there's no truth to that. So, who told you that's a that's just an outright lie? Oh, is that that's fake news? That is fake news. That is okay. fake news. He li- he came and visited the guy that lived next to us in okay. Sudbury on a little house on Concord Road. Yep. And Nicole was just born like a month before. And Stephen Tyler came by because Frank, who was the Columbia uh, he was Columbia Records, and he had brought this group Aerosmith to Boston from wherever. Oh, Boston! And um, he first of all, I know he was trying to promote them, and so they were gathering at Frank's house right next door, and they were playing outside in the backyard, and Stephen Tyler came over. He said, oh, cute little baby, let me take her. And he was playing the flute, and Nicole was in his arms, and he's walking around the backyard. And Yeah, that was Stephen Tyler of Aerosmith. And we heard the record, the um, record that they were, what was it, a demo? A demo, and Frank said, hey, come over and listen to this. We said, oh, these guys are never going to make it. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, they're horrible. Oh, heavy metal. No, they're never going to make it. Oh, my God. That was a true story. They're, they're no Wayne Newton, that's for sure. Oh, I tell you. And Frank Connolly was his name. And, Frank Connolly, yeah. And he had brought the Beatles over. Wow. Yeah, so he was... He was at the top of his game, and he really thought that Aerosmith was going to be at the top of their game. And Jeannie and I said, not a chance. Obviously, he didn't listen to us. <laughs> future, future musical oh, talent, she goes. He, he cradled Nicole in his arms, and he was walking around the backyard, and he was playing, and oh, my gosh. Oh, that is so cool. We didn't cool. know who they were. We were kind of thinking, watch out for that guy. He looks kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can see where the radar would go off with uh, with someone look like him for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. We let him carry our baby around the backyard. I know. Well, hey. Oh my God. It was a different time back then. It was a different time. That's right. That's yeah. true. Right. That's right. Um, okay, so we are uh, time flies when you're having fun, and we're down to the last question. Um, oh no! I know. I'm can you believe it? it? It doesn't seem like it's possible, but here we are. Um, over yet <laughs> exactly well you know you know you can just rehash the whole thing afterwards and see how much of it you made up and all that stuff so um okay so the last question is this again you guys both worked for a long time and uh you know you both recently retired um which uh, i think is such a smart move uh you guys are both active happy healthy moving and grooving so it's a good time to do it 
And now that you've both done it, um, what's the most surprising part about being retired? The part that you didn't really, you know, think was going to be the case or maybe something that's a little bit more the case than maybe what you might have imagined. Okay, so here's a surprise for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Paul retired since 2000. Oh, yeah, but he, he doesn't really stop. Like, he kept doing... <laughs> Well, he, he's yeah, up and down and a ladder, and he's all over yeah. the place, right? Plus, here and there. I'm okay. just, and and here by the and way, there. and maybe he, and maybe if if we want to go back to when he retired, maybe he's got a different thing that's surprising to him. I was just trying to make you guys a team, Gene. That's all. Just trying to bring you together <laughs> as a team. Nice try. I know. I like it. It's I an like effort. It. It's an effort. I, you know. These are those things that you work through in a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for me, yes, uh, it's what's amazing to me is that I never think about my job. Oh, that's awesome. And not being there. I just don't ever think about it. I just don't. It's just amazing. That is amazing to me that I don't say every day, Oh, it's Monday. Okay, it's Tuesday. Oh, I don't have to go to work tomorrow. I don't ever think about it. It, I, I just don't. It's just amazing to me. That's awesome. That's and ideal, the really. Noticed, the thing I've noticed since she has retired and I am retired, yes, and we're around the house all the time, is that when I say I'm going down to work at the food pantry, she says, oh, good. <laughs> Right. Where else can you go on your way to the food pantry? Take <laughs> <laughs> <Take> your time. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, oh listen, you guys have been uh, as advertised, fun, smart, happy. I appreciate you being on the No Outlet podcast. You should see my, my studio audience. They're standing up. They're cheering. You're getting a standing ovation. Um, I really do appreciate you taking time out. It went longer than it normally does, but you guys have uh, some good things to share. So, again, thank you for being on the show, and I hope you guys have a tremendous evening. We thank you for having us. Thank you Absolutely. so much. All right. Take care, guys. Good talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.